Doctrine and Devotion is brought to you by Lagos Bible Software. Lagos 8 is now out, and you can get a great discount as a listener of Doctrine and Devotion. Head to lagos.com slash doctrine for more information. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective because we are Reformed Baptists. Maybe. My, yeah, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. Because they, they some haters out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. I like your iPad. Thank you. That is a nice iPad. Thank you. Look at that thing. I saw like I knew Jimmy was getting the new iPad because he lost his other one on the plane. So um, <laughs> and guess what? They both came to, at, at the, the same, same time. <laughs> so I got home and there's two boxes. You got the one that you left yep, that was shipped back and to the you? the new one I ordered to replace. Okay. Look, man. All I have to see is that the camera is better again, which is nice. But the Apple Pencil magnetically sticks to the top of the iPad when you have it open as like a laptop and it while it's there it charges mm. oh my gosh yeah that's how you pair it oh it's my great gosh. I want the new iPad I love my I got the iPad Pro but I got the old version I don't have that and uh, man no, I love my iPad I, oh. I, this last week without having it yep. was it was rough at work man, man. it was rough oh, oh so- man I gotta tell you guys <laughs> I, won't, I won't I won't get in, I won't get in trouble but one of the things I really enjoy, because I don't have like like business experience. I'm not like in big business. So I get to listen to Jimmy sometimes have these oh, phone goodness. calls. <laughs> and so Jimmy had to address a problem uh, as a businessman on the phone with someone. And uh, it was it was the most formal and polite butt whooping <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. It was great. And so he's like, he's like, all right, I got to do this. And I'm, I'm in the car with him. And he's like, he's like, don't talk. And I'm like, but don't tell me not to talk. Or my child, tell me not to talk. And he just holds up his finger. And then he gets on the phone. I hold up my finger. And then I was like, and then Jimmy let somebody have it, have it in a, the most professional and brutal way imaginable. It was the, the delight of my week. Oh, I'm it really glad so that that was the delight of your week was, was me awesome. laying into that I'm individual. Like, oh my God. Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, you gotta funny. be you gotta be clear, concise, and direct, and go from there. Yeah, but I'd never heard a man cry before. No, and stop it was it. you had this man crying and begging for mercy. <laughs> That's not true. No, it's not true. <laughs> man, you know what today is? Today is well, Thursday. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yo. Mm. You know what I'm thankful for? For what we're gonna do after this? What are we doing after this? All right, here's the thing. Okay, you're my ride. Yeah. So. Uh, we're going to be going to Levita to get some work done. Mm-hmm. But before that, we got to eat. No. Before that, nope. we have to drive nope. through Mm-mm. Brown's Chicken. <laughs> and what are we going to get, Joe? We're not going to go there and get gizzards. Joe, what? You are going to get the gizzards. Dude, come on. One pound. One pound of gizzards. We're going to do well. Come on, Joe. First of all, if we're going to do gizzards, why are we only doing a pound? Because, right, that, that's the real question right there. Well, because um, I, I know that you are uh, being health conscious, and so I want to – Just half pound each. Half pound each. Okay. Then then we're that, not – we don't feel That's bad. discipline right there. Exactly. Oh, I like this. Half pound. We'll just do one pound okay. each, yes. and we'll be good to go. Yeah, but we'll only we'll, – we'll, we'll aim at eating half of a pound each. That's right. Yeah. That's and exactly – If we're hungry, you know. You could eat a little bit more. We love us some gizzards. Oh, gosh. Oh, I, come on, dude. Man. I've been waiting – I've, oh. I've 
I, I, I wasn't going to do it the other night. And I was like, no, Joe's not with it, me. Save it. Yep. Yep. All right. So we'll do some gizzards. Yes. Um, I'm thankful for that, son. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thankful too. Now, you know, like in my house, like uh, we have a lot of family over and we oftentimes invite, you know, people that don't have anywhere to go over. We've, we used to have every Thanksgiving 30 plus people. And now it's a little bit smaller. I think it's like 15 or so right now, at least this year. Um, but you know, you know what happens at Thanksgiving. Like traditionally, there's a lot of traditions in Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Get, uh, you, turkey. You, turkey, yeah. You carve the turkey. Uh, the wishbone. Wishbone. That, wish, that's that's one. Yep. That, people do the, that. Wish, people do that, right? Yeah, people do that. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah you, got, uh, you got the cranberry sauce. Yeah. Uh, whoever, you know, the stuffing. You got the stuffing. stuffing. Got to do the stuffing. Uh, in the bird and on the side. They got the both right, kinds. That's right. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, oh, arguing. That's probably the most universal. Because, That's the most universal. Yeah, like, you know, so. even if you're from a different culture and you don't do turkey, but you want to celebrate Thanksgiving, you do ham or something. You like, do ham, yeah. or you do like whatever you do. You do spaghetti. Like people, people do yeah, all yeah, kinds yeah. of stuff. <laughs> you do spaghetti. See spaghetti. how I said it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was as if somehow that was a little <laughs> slip right there. Um, slip but, of what? But every, what slip? Uh, of, never I don't know. Prejudice? I don't know what it was. No, I'm saying it was a slip of my prejudice. Like I wasn't trying to mock. I was just came out that way. I was like, oh, it just slipped out because all. All of a sudden, now I'm Italian. Yay. So, uh, but every, like, argue, like, drama, family drama is common. That's pretty universal. Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, and you know, like, arguing happens, people get mad, but frequently what people argue about at Thanksgiving, uh, outside of just family drama, are politics yeah. and religion. Yeah. And uh, you, not usually, but oftentimes, like, maybe you, maybe you know what it's like, where one of your family members will just put you on blast and criticize you and berate you yeah. because you voted for the wrong person or because you have a particular view that is in opposition to them. Or um, you dropped out of college and you just told them now. Oh, Jimmy, how'd that go? Yeah, you know. <laughs> you're moving to Canada? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I love for Canada, guys. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that um, – Criticism is is a universal experience for all of us, and especially as Christians who have a, a have a, a very curious or strange faith, controversial faith faith to many people out there in the, the yeah, world. Yeah, the exclusivity nature uh, of our faith, people don't really enjoy. <laughs> they think it's pretty arrogant of us. Yeah, so you're going to get criticism from time to time, especially if you're a leader, right? I mean, leaders are always going to get criticized. Yep. Uh, so it's definitely uh, going to be common and natural to you. Um, so, you know, whether you're leading or creating or taking risks, whenever you're doing something in a semi-public fashion, yeah, yeah. Uh, criticism is going to, to kind of hit us. So, Jimmy, how do we define criticism? What, if we're going to say, if we're going to use the word, let's just kind of give a textbook definition. Yeah, I mean, I think criticism, uh, it, it's that expression or it's the expression of disapproval, I guess, right? Based on either someone's... Uh, like someone's real faults or their right. perceived faults. Right, right. And of course, there are two kinds of, of, of criticisms, right? There's the there's the assessment criticism where somebody is actually legitimately assessing. Yeah. And then there's the attack, right? Oh, there's, yeah. the, there's the friend and then yeah. there's the foe. That's right. Yeah. Or the, there's there's even worse. There's the foe foe. That's the worst. That's the worst kind. There's the friend, the foe and the foe foe. You're, pr you're, only, proud, you're proud of yourself one, right now, aren't you? But, well, well I, I think that was pretty fair and legit and good. You, you feel like, I'm feeling like you're coming at me like a little, with a little bit of foe. Yeah. Foe. Yeah. No, just a little foe. Just a little yeah. bit of foe, foe. So like there's, in other words, there's the one who is acting in your best interest with helpful words. Yep. But then there is the one who will act against you with unfriendly words. Mm. So you have two different kinds of 
criticisms, right? You've got the the critic and then the friend who critiques. Now, yeah. Paul Maxwell, I just put out, and we, we had this all mapped out before yeah. Paul. So, Paul, we're not copying you, yeah. okay, bro? Bro. Um, but uh, but Paul released a video on how to handle criticism as well recently. Oh, and goodness. it's re- – have you listened to it yet? No, not yet. But it's 12 minutes long. Yeah. It's really good. But he's dealing with a particular kind of critic. He is dealing with the critic, the – uh, the, 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 the hater, the sort of the, the internet warrior, mm. uh, the keyboard warrior. Yeah. The, someone that's like, uh, just, uh, that casual observer of your work, but somehow thinks that they know everything that you're doing wrong about it. Right. And th- those people are genuinely irrelevant to your life, to mm. you and to what you're doing. Um, and so what, what, what Paul talks about is he says like these people, um, you know, you're out there doing the work. You're yeah. leading, you're serving, you're working, you're thinking, you're articulating, whatever. You're you're originating, I think is what he said. And so you're in the arena, blood, sweat, you're getting it done. And maybe you misstep or maybe you fall, yeah. but you're doing it. And then the critic, this kind of critic, watches from the stands. He isn't in the arena. He is an armchair quarterback yeah, at best who, who derives his or her sense of identity and mission and purpose from watching you instead of being involved in their own life and their own purpose. Mm. So you got to watch that video. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's really, really good yeah. for dealing with, uh, for thinking about a particular Does Paul kind have of a critic. shirt on in that one? Uh, I can't tell. It's so tight. I, I can't tell if he's it got, beige, bo- it's right? got <laughs> it's body paint or a shirt. I couldn't tell. <laughs> so there's that critic. And then there's yeah. the, the, the friend who critiques and that's the person that sees error yeah. or weaknesses or problems or failures. And they want you to do better. Yeah. And, and Joe, I know you've talked about this before about, um, uh, if you don't mind sharing it again, just about Brian Malcolm. And the impact, because, you know, what, he that, was a hater. See, no, see Brian was, was, a, was just so, Pastor Brian before he was Pastor Brian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Had had kind of. Here's the thing. When Brian takes you out for lunch, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be great food. And then he's going to pull out his phone with a list. <laughs> he's going to be like, <laughs> actually, we stop that. Yeah. I told you, you stop that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Tell us up front. Yeah. Yeah. If, don't 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 bring me out for coffee with criticism. Yeah. Don't bait and switch me. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We're going to go eat. Let's go eat and enjoy each other. Yeah. yeah. What'd you say? What did, what did you say in New Zealand? You're going out for coffee and conversation, but it turns <laughs> out it's coffee and confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but so anyways, no, yeah. but you know, you know, but the thing is he does it in love, right? right? And he's the friend. And so can you share about yeah. that? Yeah. If well, Brian, mind. Brian took me out for lunch and he was like, Hey man, how's your, how's it going with your sermon prep? And I go, it's going good. And he goes, do you feel like you have enough time? And I said, yeah, that's a weird question. Yeah, you know? no, I, I, right there I know, apparently not. Yeah, and he's like, because I don't feel like you've been as prepared for your sermons as you were in the past. And I'm like, well, how do you mean that? And so we talked for, you know, over lunch about what was wrong with my preaching. And at the end of it, he goes, because he's trying to help. Yeah, yeah, He's a friend. Yeah, he he's trying you. to help. And he's like, I hope this isn't discouraging. And I said, bro, it's wildly discouraging. It's super discouraging, yeah. but I know it's good for me, and so let's let's make it right. And from that point on, I made Brian my like my head sermon critic. Wait, wait, wait why Brian, not me? Because he actually listens, Jimmy. I listen oh, to your mm-hmm. sermons. Yeah, I you're do. multitasking over there. Oh, you're my, like, yeah, yeah, okay. my bad. I'm mm-hmm. going about the work of the Lord. No, you're on the morning. You're playing tic tac toe with your kids. 
I see what you're that doing. That only happened once. Okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, I, I said, Brian, every Sunday, I want you to go ahead and start. Like, tell me what's missing and what's not. And he was able to identify some things that I just lost sight of in my preaching. Yeah. And from there, it actually got better again. And I want to thank you, Joe, because uh, he does that with all of us now. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, like, oh, you're good at this, man. <laughs> so um, no matter, so here's the point. No matter whether it's like a jerk critic who hates you um, or it's a friend who is trying to help you, criticism it's gonna hurt yeah yeah and it's gonna be like you said wildly discouraging but in the end it's gonna be used uh for your betterment your good and for the glory of god you know that story about uh about david and shimei in, in second samuel you know that one he's like uh he's <laughs> Which would, yeah. king david is uh he's rolling with his boys this is when absalom like wants him dead his son and he's rolling with his boys and uh, they, they, they get near this place and there's this guy, Shimei, and Shimei comes out uh, like onto his property. And he sees David and he hates David. David he just thinks David's a total loser and he's throwing stones at David and he's cursing at him. He's saying all kinds, he's probably making obscene gestures. I don't know. He's doing all this crazy yeah. stuff. He's being the, the, the Shanene to Martin. <laughs> That's right. right. So Shimei, Shanene. Yeah, but Shimei here. Here, Shimei. Yep. Um, so he's doing all that, and uh, like Abishai, one of David's men, and uh, he's like, "Let me go, let me go chop that guy's head off, man. That guy's a tool. I don't <laughs> like what he's doing." And David says, "No, man. Like, listen, just God has a purpose in this, and and maybe God's going to do something that uh, that we're not expecting. So just be patient." D David like was patient and saw God in the midst of this attack. Right? Now this guy wasn't trying to actually kill David; he was just being a tool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, later on, Shememe was, uh, you know, turned around in his heart towards David. Yeah. So I like that because, um, you know, it shows us that, uh, well, first of all, it's it's not a moral lesson about how to receive criticism, but it, sh it shows us that that David could see the Lord at work even when he was facing this kind of opposition, mm -hmm. when David could have just kind of crushed the dude. Oh, but yeah. he didn't. He didn't. No. And so um, we thought, like, well, why don't we why don't we take that approach and offer seven steps to receiving uh, criticism? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get it. What happens when you get it? What should you do? What should you do first? Yeah. Uh, what's going to be your confidence? And how can you take that criticism and and turn it into something profitable? That's right. And so, I mean, Joe, I mean, you don't want to be like David, you know, or at least you don't want to go about it wrongly and try to crush people. But what you can crush is your personal devotions. Well, only if you have Logos Bible software. Only. Then you can crush it. it. Then you could crush it every single time. And so, I mean, a lot of us feel uh, that we're inadequate when we're doing Bible study. We don't we know. Are. Yeah. And we don't know where to start. We don't know how to study. We, we, we don't, don't have the resources. Have the resources have the to, exactly. And so uh, Logos is uh, sponsoring uh, Doctrine Devotion, and they're offering our listeners a great discount. If you head on over to Logos.com slash Doctrine, you use the promo code DOCADEVO8. You could save 10% if you're buying it new. 25% if you're upgrading your existing library. And I mean, their, their uh, brand new version of their software is fast, man. It's fast. It's clean. It's got some uh, new helps. They've got plenty of tutorial videos to, to do that. You just choose a passage and the type of study that you want to do, whether you want to do devotional, you want to do an inductive Bible study, or even if you're preparing for your sermons. I know Joe and I, uh, when we do our sermon prep, we're, we're utilizing and we Logos. research everything on Logos, yeah. we, though we actually write everything out by hand, yeah. but because we're weird. But if you're typing everything up, the copy and paste feature copy puts paste, all the footnotes exactly. in there and everything. It's, oh, it's exactly. awesome. So you kind of have it all nice and clean and, and clear. And it's going to give you that step-by-step -step Bible study instruction to show you exactly what you need to do. And so crush that Bible study. Head on over to logos.com slash doctrine. Use the promo code DOCANDEVO8. 
Save 10% or up to 25% if you're upgrading your existing library. So, Joe, yeah. right now we're going through and we're talking about criticism and uh, we're going to look steps. at seven steps. Because right now, some of y'all, it's Thanksgiving and you're being criticized. Yeah, you're going to, you know, you're, 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 you know what you're doing right now? You know, you're, you're in the garage. You're, you're hiding from uh, the fam. You're smoking a cigar, trying to chill, trying to listen to D&D because, you know, we're your, we're your homies and we understand you. And uh, so you're just, but listen, we're going to we're going to give you a little encouragement. You go back in there and be chill. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, seven steps. The first three are all based on James 119. So yep. you guys will be familiar with this. Jimmy, what's the first step when receiving criticism? Yeah. Uh, the first step is you want to be quick to to hear. Yeah. Quick right? to listen. Yeah. yeah you want to you want to first stop and, and listen to see what it is, because I think uh, our normal reaction is to react. Shut your face. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think I think uh, actually the sergeant major, sergeant major. Uh, in middle school, uh, not middle school, high okay. school, yeah. would uh, would always be yelling this out every time you talk back. Well, he's he a was, sergeant. Yeah. yeah that's what and he would do. just be like, you know why? There you go. James. And he had this like really deep voice, always had uh, 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 beech nut chewing, chewing Oh, he had the chew in his mouth? <laughs> he always had his chew. Night and day. It didn't matter what time it was. Beech nut was there. Part of the punishment if you're on trips was you had to sit in the passenger seat. And he'd have you hold the cup. Hold the spittoon. Yeah. He's oh. like, what the heck? Anyways, like, James, you know why God gave you two ears and one mouth? <laughs> so you can listen twice as much as you talk. I was like, oh, okay. So, so yeah, you want to listen and consider what the other person is saying, right? Yeah. Like, you want to uh, take the time to process what it is, hear them out, hear yeah. them fully, uh, instead of just being... Uh, uh, you know, stopping halfway to mm-hmm. formulate your response and your defense. Yeah. You know, you want to see, okay, what in this are they right? You know, we talk about that a lot, Joe. We talk about what is it that yeah. when we're receiving criticism, when people yep. are giving us feedback, okay, how much of this is right? Because there's got to be, there, I would assume, I, I'm always on the assumption something's driving this. There has to be some kernel of truth to this. And I got to see in what ways that they're right and that I need to to grow from. How are they wrong? Because sometimes, yeah, they, they're just flat out wrong on certain things. And so uh, you got to be able to differentiate because you don't want to discard what is right and yeah. accept what is wrong, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you want that kind of like what Joe was talking about with Pastor Brian. You want to turn your critic into a coach, yeah. right? This is, this, is, this is some good – it may not be packaged well. Right. But there's some good feedback here yeah. that, that you need to, to kind of learn from. And I don't know. I don't know about you, Joe. Like for me, I I struggle when someone's giving me criticism mm-hmm. because I'm really quick to try to figure out the motive behind it. Yeah. Right. And so, sometimes it's obvious, right? Sometimes like it's a hater yeah. who's just like we we get that online sometimes from people that are clearly just crazy yeah. haters. Yeah. And so, but don't let their motive, you know, stop you from hearing the truth yeah. of what they're saying. Just because they might be um trying to hurt you. Maybe they're not trying to, maybe they're trying to hurt you. That doesn't mean that, uh, that, that you don't need to consider what they're saying. Yeah. That's a hard lesson to learn. Oh yeah. 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 You know, I've, I've had that. In fact, within the last year or so I had, there was a person that was doing something, saying something to me and I really struggled because I was like, this was a, this was a while ago, maybe a year ago. And I remember thinking like to myself, like, I don't want to hear this guy because I don't respect him because he's just not a respectable person yet. God was drawing what he was saying to my attention in a way that I, I really yeah. did See, need to pay I attention. I was a friend. 
Yeah, that one time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's really good. Be quick to hear. You guys know what's next. Be slow to speak. Do not react. Right. Do not react. That's, that's, that's what we want to do because um, you feel you feel the criticism. Right. And that's emotions. And boy, emotions. Uh, they, they will move you and you're going to want to like, let them fly. You're going to want to start talking. And so it's really important. If you're going to be quick to hear, you got to shut your mouth. You got to listen to Sergeant Major, right? You got to say, all right, uh, I'm going to do more listening than talking right here. So you can consider your response carefully, right? You don't even need to be thinking about a response right away. First, you need to be hearing, you need to be processing, you need to be evaluating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then you don't just start talking. Like some people are like, well, I'm just a verbal processor. Well, you know what? Learn to not be such a verbal processor yeah. in this situation. Think it out before you spit it out. And um, that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, I, just, just, I just made it up. <laughs> I mean, that was really good. Yeah. Good job. Think it out before you spit it out. Don't allow yourself to become defensive, right? And that's everyone's default, right? I'm getting attacked. I'm going to be defensive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, listen, you don't need to be defensive. You can just, like, let's just let it play out. And one of the most important things to do uh, that will help you be slow to speak is to pray over the accusation or pray over the criticism. Um, to actually take the time to ask God to help you to see what is right, what is wrong, to see things clearly. Lord, see if there's any hurtful way in me. Like, you know, you ask the Lord to help you think through this. And I can honestly say this, like when I've been... Uh, accused, um, I, I, I generally go and I, I pray about it yeah. um, because in my mind, uh, sometimes I'm too quick to believe criticism uh, and go like, and kind of like self doubt. And so it was, like insecurity. You yeah, mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bit of an insecure dude. And so somebody, especially if it's somebody Which is weird like, for people to hear because right. <laughs> if it's Tijuana Smalls, I ain't got time for that, dude. Like, I don't care. Like that doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything. Um, but other people that I respect or, or know a little bit, especially anybody that I'm friends with, if they offer a critique, um, I'm, I'm quick. And it's so you don't want to dismiss it outright, but you also don't want to swallow it wholesale. You yeah. actually need to think it through carefully and prayerfully. So just be slow to speak. Don't uh, don't be quick draw McGraw on that. Yeah, I mean, you also want to be slow to uh, be angry, right? Because that's part of that defensiveness. That reaction is to get angry because right. the anger man is not going to produce the righteousness of God. That's right, right? And so, uh, angry, like when you're anger or the when you are angry, it it's generally generally comes from pride. Yeah, right. Like your pride's hurt. Someone's coming at you. You you're, you're realizing uh, in this person's eye. You know, in their estimation that you are not at the level that you put yourself at already. Mm-hmm. They don't see you on the same pedestal uh, that you see yourself. Right. Uh, anger is going to short circuit your learning because you're going to be so clouded. You're going to be so, uh, as Joe was talking about, uh, emotional um, that you're not going to learn from the situation. You're not going to learn uh, what is right here and, and you're not going to grow from this experience. And I think Anger Express kind of guarantees that your critic's not going to hear your point. That's because right. if you react in anger, at least this is me, if someone reacts to me in anger, it's like, okay, well, you kind of disqualified yourself. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, yelling makes sense. Like if you're a football coach or a wrestling coach, uh, there's a strategic time for that. Um, or a baseball coach. Right? A baseball coach. Yeah. When you yell at the umpire. And Badminton get- coach. Maybe not. So the point is, is that there are rare circumstances for like raising your voice uh, and rare cultures in which that's appropriate. But by and large, if somebody's yelling at you, you're not listening. 
And if you're yelling at somebody, they ain't listening. No. They tune it out immediately. It's just easier to do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's really good. And then look to the example of Jesus, right? When Jesus mm-hmm. was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. That's first Peter, uh, first Peter two, right? And so, yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're being unjustly, uh, accused, have your confidence in knowing that the real judge, uh, the, the Supreme judge, the judge that we should be, uh, caring about their estimation. They're the one that will, the spirit's going to go ahead and lead you in this and what's true and what's not. That's right. That's right. So, uh, number four, fourth step in receiving criticism is to be calm and gentle, remain calm, be gentle. You know, Proverbs 15, one, mm. a soft answer turns away wrath, right? The, the reason it's important to be gentle is because, uh, in general, a gentle answer is going to show respect for the other person who is offering yeah. the critique. It's going to show that you actually care about them, um, which which is going to help them to be a bit more open to you if you have to offer uh, any pushback on their criticism, because sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. So a gentle answer shows respect and care, and a gentle answer also allows for reason or truth to be heard more clearly. Now, it's not always going to be received. It, it depends on the critic. It depends yeah. on the accuser. Um, sometimes they're just they're, – they're so bent in on their view or on themselves or whatever that they're not going to listen. But a gentle answer is more likely to be fruitful in helping people to listen to you and hear your point. So be calm. Um, you don't need to be defensive. You don't need to be angry. No. And be gentle in what you're offering uh, in response either way. Uh, number five, uh, you should be ready – to repent, right? Uh, confess where you're wrong. Admit that, admit where you are wrong. Like admit your fault in this, you know, unequivocally, directly, uh, particularly, right? Yeah. Um, like be very specific on, on where you need to repent in this. And you should be expressing that to that individual that, that you're, that's criticizing you. Um, right. Even if it's, you know, listen, it may not be a sin issue. So the repentance may be more of a just like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to adopt some changes here. I'm going to implement some changes um, and I'm going to I'm going to learn from that. So, like, if somebody has a better way of doing it, you you should listen to them Mm -hmm. and and not be like, well, I'm going to do it my way. You know, your way might not be the best way. Yeah. Uh, Listen to others. And listen, if you want you want to get better. You want to you want to you want to get better at your preaching, on your teaching, at your leading, at your serving. You want to get better in your marriage. Well, when the criticism is offered, uh, you know you you need to be ready to make changes if changes are necessary. Yeah, so and turn away gonna, from that sin. You're not going to get there unless you're taking these other steps, though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, number six, sort of the sort of the opposite response. Uh, number six is be ready to rebuke. I'm ready, Mom Spaghetti. Never forgetty. I think that you know it's probably. A little too easy for us to be ready to rebuke somebody when we're getting criticized. Uh, but what we're talking about is um, after all of these other steps have been put in place, now you can be properly ready to rebuke. In Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, it says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, Correcting his opponents with gentleness. Hear that. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his Mm. will. Listen, you will sometimes, depending on the criticism, have to rebuke a critic. You're going to, sometimes it's going to be necessary, and you should do it like 
in anger. No, like you gotta just you gotta have that righteous fury of the Lord. Don't do that. It's more like it's more like spanking your kid in anger. No, <laughs> you you know you know if you're if you're a child that if you're a parent who practices corporal punishment, um, as the Lord has instructed, if, if you do that, you should know that you are to never spank your child in anger. Your oh, goal is, but it's a, a righteous anger. No. Um, you know, you do so carefully, thoughtfully, and only for the right reasons, right? It's going to sting, of course, but your your job is not to hurt the person. Um, that's not the point. And so when you're offering criticism, you want to do so gently um, and and carefully. You want to be specific. You want to be uh, you know, clear so that they can actually understand what you're saying. So be ready to, to rebuke, but do mm. so, as we read in Scripture, um, with with gentleness yeah. and the hope yeah. that God is going to grant them repentance wherever they need to change. What about number seven, Jimmy? What's the what's the last one? Yeah, finally, uh, be secure in Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the things that you know Joe and I talk about, we've we kind of said it a few times over the years, is that you know we take the gospel seriously, right? Like we take God seriously, we don't take ourselves seriously, and part of that is because we are secure in in our relationship with Christ. We have this understanding that that we're going to fail. Yeah. And you know what? You're going to fail. Yep. You're going to misstep. Uh, you're going to make mistakes. And sometimes, whether you like it or not, it's the critic who's going to point out your failings and your missteps. Oh, and that's going to feel awesome. <laughs> I know. It, you know but <laughs> it never feels good. It never does, but it's okay, right? Like, you, you, you need to get better at these things. Your critic may hate you, and you may doubt your own work, but God is at work in you. And that's the most important part here, right? Yeah. Is... Even though you're, you're, you're discouraged, we still have our hope. We still have our hope that we, uh, have been justified mm-hmm. by Christ. We still have our hope that we have been adopted as children. We still have this promise that we have the, uh, uh, the, the power and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, right? I mean, these are things that we could be secure in and know that despite us, despite our failings, that, uh, that we are secure in our relationship with Christ and that uh, his kingdom will advance despite us. And that, you know, he's the, I'm thinking like, you know, he's the forgiving God, but he's also the empowering God. Um, he's the sanctifying God. Uh, you can get better and yeah. you're going to get better. And God is going to use, just like David, God's going to use sometimes. Uh, a shenene. Yeah. Or a shememe. A shememe. You know, he's going to, he's going to use that tool. As a tool, right, um, to make some tweaks and some adjustments, or he's going to use that friend that has, you know, a word that's hard to hear uh, because it's going to help, and yeah. that's a good thing. You, you're, you're going to be okay when you face your your, your critics as long as you do so uh, with the right heart and the right spirit. And so, listen, we're not guys that have this all figured out. You no, know, we're just. No. We just know that we have to follow these seven steps if we're going to benefit from criticism. You can benefit from it. Whether yeah. it's fair or unfair, you can benefit from it, but you got you to gotta be careful. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh Pot every Monday and Thursday blog post on Wednesdays. Video content when available. Later. Later.